Welcome to uh, Single Minded Conversations. I'm your host, Jesse Single. I'm a uh, author and podcaster. You can check out more of my stuff at jessesingle.substack.com and blockreported.org for my live podcast. For my live podcast. For my podcast. Separately, take a breath. There's uh, We're doing some live podcasts between... Um, what is a date even? October 22nd, Dartmouth. 24th, Boston. 25th, New York, 28th, two shows in Arlington, Virginia. So hope to see some of you at those. Um, the one story I wanted to talk about before I take questions, and folks shouldn't hesitate to get in the queue. Sorry, I just lost this. Let me pull it up real quick. This is very compelling audio, I know, me trying to find this link. Um, there's a story in mississippi today uh state gop leaders boast banning critical race theory experts say they didn't by a guy named bobby harrison i found this really interesting because i i think um the whole crt thing has been such a boon to so many politicians who like are tricking people and are, are scaring them one way or another i think there's a tiny subset of these laws that are like legit bad and have a chilling effect on teachers but um, this Mississippi one is a good example of like these Republican politicians just sort of bragging about having banned critical race theory, but all the law really seems to do is um, – I'll just read directly from Mississippi today. Uh, the new law's language reads, no university, community college, or public school, quote, shall direct or otherwise compel students to personally affirm, end quote, that, quote, any sex, race, ethnicity, religion, or national origin is inherently superior or inferior, or that individuals should be adversely treated on the basis of their sex, ethnicity, religion, or national origin, end quote. My understanding is that that is generally illegal anyway. Uh, you can't compel folks in like a public educational setting to hold these discriminatory beliefs. Um, so it's just interesting because the law doesn't really do much of anything but on the other hand, quote, they passed it after brushing off the emotional objections of every black lawmaker and the fact that no state K-12 classroom taught the academic theory. So I think like a lot of Americans are just sort of burned out on politics and think that everything is bullshit. And this just strikes me as a useful example of that. Like Republicans in Mississippi, who obviously are a group who culturally I don't have much in common with, are sort of being conned. A, into thinking this is a particular problem in Mississippi public schools. I do not think critical race theory is being taught in K-12 public schools. In fact, the article notes there's like one law school course in the whole state that teaches CRT. Um, so they think this is a problem, and then these politicians trick them into solving it. And I think there's a version of that on the other side where some Democratic politicians and media outlets either exaggerate the scope of these bills. I've written about that before. Um and, and basically just pretend that they, they're these sweeping new uh, prohibitions on teaching about race at all or teaching about identity at all, which with a few exceptions isn't really true. So I've just found this to be such a circus. And the idea that I'm like supposed to freak out about a law that like doesn't do anything that isn't already illegal seems silly to me. Um, I think the Florida one's an exception, like the so-called don't say gay bill is written so poorly as some of these laws are that it could clearly have a chilling effect. And I think that's really bad, but I, I found the CRT wars to be very stupid. Uh, I'll take Neil. I'm, I have a little more to say, but if anyone else wants to get in the queue, now is the time. Neil, what's up? Hey, Jesse. So did you see that the draft that trans women will still have to register for it? 
Yeah, I saw something about that. That was like the the military uh, selective service making that clear. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just curious what your thoughts were on the draft in general. Um, I mean, my you know my my dad had a really good lottery number, uh, and otherwise would have been drafted to go to Vietnam, as were a lot of men of his generation. So my uh, associations with the draft are with Vietnam, not really with World War II, although both my grandpas fought in it too. And obviously it was a disaster uh, that what young men had to do in Vietnam. So I don't, I don't like the draft. I sort of understand how it could hypothetically be necessary in like a true World War III emergency situation, but uh, I don't think the draft has a good recent history. Okay, so I support ending it, but then given that it hasn't been ended yet, given that it still exists, do you think that women should also have to register for it? Or do you think that exposing more people to something that many consider bad is then, it shouldn't be done because then we're just expanding the amount of people affected by it, right? I I mean, the draft isn't just like combat troops, so I think you could have a version of the draft where women, I don't, I I mean, I don't think anyone listening to this will be offended by it. I don't think women, men and women have the exact same like abilities on the battlefield physically. But um, I think you could have a draft that includes women into like all sorts of support. I mean, these days, like war is like operating drones and, and repairing stuff and you need medics. So like I – yeah, why not – if you're going to have it, why not extend it to women? Okay, cool. cool. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it should be expanded. But yeah. some people, so there are a lot of people that don't think that. Are there uh, conservatives or liberals you think mostly? I think on both sides, right? Because there's the conservatives who think, well, there's there's the anti-war people in general, which which is kind of like it spans politics, right? Yeah. It's a, people who don't want the draft and don't want to expand it, so then just kind of cross. Anyway, yeah, that was my question. All right, thanks for the question. That's a good one. I hadn't really thought much about the draft. There was uh, after the immediate panic of. 9-11, I remember the, the Newton, Massachusetts moms had convinced themselves we were going to get drafted, um, which didn't happen. Thank God. I would not. I would be very bad at war. Given I've only played paintball a few times, and I found that experience to be a lot. I don't, me in a war zone would not be good. What's up, Eli? Hi, Jesse. Um, three questions. Uh, one, um, I sent you uh, an email a while ago, and I wanted to make sure it wasn't inappropriate or whatever, and that I, I don't know. I'm fine. Sorry, what what was the email about? Um, I it was about the yelping. It also it was strangely enough about the a reaction to the intactivist on last week's show. Oh yeah, sorry, that was an interesting email. I just didn't get a chance to respond. No, no, so, I was you, wondering if folks I was are always to... folks are always welcome to email me. Yeah. No, no, I was wondering if I was out of line. I'm glad. Nope, not okay. out of line. Thank you very much. Uh, my question is: is the first one? Are you following the things with John? I think Fetterman. What's his? Yeah, not uh, not in depth, no. But what what uh, what are you well, referring it's to? It's kind of weird. From what I'm seeing on Twitter, there's this kind of dynamic where, again, this is all based on headlines more or less. So I may be getting this really wrong. But he had to use closed captions in an interview, which I don't understand exactly what that means in this context. But apparently, he couldn't because he's recovering from a stroke. He couldn't really understand uh, the questions that the interviewer was asking him. But now it's it's really awkward because. On the one hand, you have the kind of plain sense that maybe a senator needs to be able to hear what people say. <laughs> right. People think it's really ableist. Uh, like, the ableist accusation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I think people who are deaf should be allowed to serve in Congress, but obviously it would make certain things more difficult to have trouble hearing or processing speech. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, it, th- th- there's some trade-offs there, but I so where people people were going after him for not for needing the closed captioning. No, it's questions. this dynamic when conservatives, you know, attack him, and then liberals, of course, feel the need to defend him at any cost. Right. Um, but it's kind of this strange kind of thing. Uh, second question: um, I was I'm not American, and I'm always kind of. Uh, intrigued at least on twitter by the fact that there seems to be a cult of experts of yeah expert expert here yeah and i was wondering i was going to ask you like i mean it strikes me a bit like the priesthood sometimes where well except anyone can just announce they're in it yeah exactly and i wanted to ask you when this started was this always a thing where you basically say let the experts talk experts say or I think there's like a problem right now with like the fetishization of like expertise and certain types of authority, even as those forms of authority have performed just abysmally in recent years. What what often happens on Twitter is it'll be like uh, a lot of the expert here threads. It'll be like a medical doctor chiming in on a specialty that's not his specialty or like a historian claiming to have special knowledge about some unfolding current event that isn't in their area. So like basically I think anyone who's like touting expert here or touting their credentials probably should not be taken as seriously. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can anticipate this, but I've found even in the age of like expert here, um, a lot of liberals will, or too many liberals will ignore empirical data or like actual expertise when it doesn't, line up with their narratives. I find it to be very, like, inconsistent. Like, which experts do you actually believe, basically? No, I definitely agree, because you can always, I mean, I mean, I I mean, it's, it's, you'll always find, it's like saying a bit like doctors say, or I don't know, you'd always find two people to contradict each other. Yeah. Um, And my last question is, uh, Matt Iglesias that just did an episode on uh, women's sports, have yeah. you listened to that? I did. I heard that yesterday. I, I thought it was good. I mean, it's sort of pathetic that anyone would find that controversial, and I thought they did a good job handling it. Um, yeah, I wanted Iglesias to dive more into the, the, what's it called, the greater male variability hypothesis, which is this idea that men are disproportionately represented among the highest and lowest IQ people, or I think yeah. other other traits too. And that's like a really controversial idea that is like – the um um physical it's like it's like a remaining semi respectable idea to say that this is why maybe men dominate at chess or something like that. That was the context. Yeah. So well, I would have been curious to hear Glacius talk more about it. But what yeah, would you, you yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting. No no would you I did you th- think it was a good I treatment of the sports? The hypothesis, of course, I'm not a biologist or anything, but the hypothesis that men you know, this hypothesis that men will be the best. I mean, I'm simplifying it, but that's kind of what it means at the end of the day. It's kind of depressing. And I really don't want it to be true because it's really, it's, it's in a way it sounds very sexist, but that's apart from the truth value of anything. Um, I thought um, that it was good. It, I mean, he seems to be very uh, common sense, very um, cerebral person. Yeah. He, he goes where, where his thoughts uh, take him. And uh, yeah, and I just I find all that stuff on on Twitter, uh, pretending that uh, in, in sense reality doesn't doesn't exist at all to be amazingly counterproductive. But was it just, it wasn't just on Twitter? I mean, he pointed out there was like a the Monkey Cage blog, which is like a 
pretty academic corner of the Washington Post yeah. did a ridiculous piece about how like maybe we shouldn't segregate sports by sex, which is just like fucking gonzo. Yeah, I think that, and of course, you know, it ties into the John Stewart thing and everything, basically, where I think it's a dynamic, and I'm sorry for taking up so much time, is that um, people make really, really stupid claims, and then there's a backlash, um, but then they kind of treat any claims that are not the stupid claims as the reason for the backlash. Um, Did you say that one last part again? I mean, the thing is that there's this ideological purity thing that you make really extreme claims and then there's a backlash. And then you say that anyone who... Ah. Oh, like the backlash is that... Right, no, I've seen this. It's So it's like, fuck all white people. People are like, hey, that's not a cool thing to say. They're like, oh, look at all the racists in my mansion. Yeah, and also anyone who's on your side but doesn't agree with the extreme opinion is also yeah. for the black backlash, I mean. Yeah. So any moderation is held up as a reason for the backlash. Yeah, KW6983 says it's it's a version of the modern Bailey argument for sure. Yeah, same deal. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's definitely okay. a thing. Okay, thank you so much. Bye, Jeff. Thanks, Eli. Patrick, what's up? Jesse, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. So I want to go back to your original uh, 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 thing that you brought up about Mississippi. So my question for you is, uh, you mentioned that uh, the Democrats in Mississippi were strongly opposed to the bill that just seems to reiterate basic state law. Yeah. This is one of the things that always bugs me about uh, my party and makes me like begrudgingly like have to criticize why are we like rending our garments over things that are very small when it's very small and it makes the Republicans look like they got some massive victory? I, I just don't understand this. And there's such like weird political incentives to like own the other side when it seems like it'd be much easier for the Democrats to release a statement saying we don't know why the Republicans are passing this bill. It's a waste of time and taxpayers' money, especially from the party that claims to hate uh, having to spend money on anything. Yeah, this whole thing is just weird. Let me just read one more little bit. Um, after after pointing out that the article didn't actually ban anything, Democratic State Rep Robert Johnson of Natchez, the House Minority Leader and longtime attorney, agrees with Butler's interpretation of the law. The law threatens to cut off funding to any school that violates its conditions, though Johnson said there is no enforcement mechanism in the proposal. And again, the conditions aren't about CRT. It's about like demanding someone say white people are in fear or whatever. Quote, this law does not permit the teaching of critical race theory, Johnson said. It does not prevent teachers who are brave and want to challenge their students from doing so. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Why not? Why not be like, OK, whatever. Pass your law. Abstain from voting. Don't make a thing about it, but just spread the word that legally teachers aren't really banned from doing anything they weren't. I, I, it's like this reaction counter reaction thing that I think is counterproductive. Well, on the reaction counter reaction, uh, did you see the news out of, I think it's Virginia where they're trying to pass a ball to uh, make a, a child abuse charge against parents who don't uh, affirm their children. Yeah. I, I think this wasn't even, it's like not even a bill being debated, but it, it was, it's one state reps proposal, right? Yeah. So yeah, it seemed really bad. It seemed really early. The thing that's shocking to me about that is that the person proposing it is a social worker. Oh my what? god! Actually, that shouldn't surprise. Well, tell me why you're surprised, and I'll tell you why you shouldn't be surprised. Well, so my sister is a social worker. So uh, the thought of having to actually take a parent from uh, a, a child from their parents' care to put them into a system away from the the people who ostensibly love and care about them 
seems very harsh. Uh, when she was training in California, uh, even like serious drug addicts wouldn't have their children taken away from them. Uh, yeah, from like a harm reduction perspective, a lot of people think it's it's often just better to keep a kid even with a fucked up mom and dad than than someone else, right? Yeah, because especially if like you're offering other kind of things to get them on the right path. But this is yeah. like because Texas uh, threatened to start taking away uh, trans kids from parents who affirm, we're going to do the opposite. Well, one, I, I think what Texas is doing Hey, can other people throw me a thumbs up if they if Patrick is fading out for them? I'm having trouble hearing him. Uh, hold on one second. Let me move. I might be in a dead spot in my house. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it sounds a little bit better. Yeah, just just rewind 30 seconds, so, as it were. So the problem I have is that there's this constant, like, well, the Republicans are doing something bad, so we got to do the exact opposite, 180 in the uh, other direction, as bad, to kind of, like, show them. And it just doesn't seem like it's going to work politically, especially in Virginia, where like school issues and parent choice are what cost us a Democratic uh, governor. Yeah. I mean, the problem is like the narrative that's set in is what costs the Dems a governorship is racism and white supremacy, even though it was like Indian exurban parents voting. It's just people are so confused, I think, about what causes what. And they just have like white supremacy sometimes as a stock explanation of everything that ever happens, which doesn't help. Yeah. Uh, troubling times. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the call, Patrick. All right. Bye. Neil, I'm skipping you just because there's tons of folks in the queue and I want uh, other folks to get a first shot. What's up, there? Hey, Jesse, how are you keeping? Good. How are you? Not bad at all. Not bad. Uh, first, I was going to uh, pick up on something you were saying there in the draft about uh, that men having a physical advantage in the battlefield to women. I just wonder what uh, Maggie Martins, uh, who wrote that recent Atlantic article, would uh, would say about that. Yeah, I mean, probably say it's all just social construct. I mean, it's not something I know a huge amount about, but I do know that if you're like on patrol and you have to carry 80 pounds of gear, there's just the, that's these are the areas where men are going to have natural advantages and it doesn't mean there are no women who like can't perform wonderfully in those roles and there's obviously women who are just as brave but it's just an area where like the physical issues really come to the forefront i think i think you're right in general though i, just, I think i recall like there were some pretty badass like kurdish uh women uh fighting isis like groups of them uh, so I think like it probably depends on the scenario as well a bit like maybe. Yeah, the Kurds are famous for like tr training really badass women. I forget uh, the Peshmerga. Uh, yeah, they're definitely famous for that for sure. And I, I'm not sure about this at all, but like, are there uh, women in the Israeli army as well, or no? Yeah, there's there's definitely female soldiers in the IDF. Like you see them because every I think all Israelis have to serve. Uh, two years is it? Um, I don't know if the requirements are exactly the same, but you see a ton of female soldiers when you're over there. Uh, cool. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to go to something completely different something from the last show that you were chatting about, which is uh, Kanye West. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to uh, comment a little bit about that. Like, I just wanted to know, did you see those documentaries that were out on Netflix, the series, the trilogy Genius about him, like the come up and then like uh, tracing it up to nowadays? I, I st Someone comments, hot IDF women are a real meme. I, I have, I'm forced to agree with that, although... The broader issue there is just Israelis are, are, are really hot, frankly. They just are. This is a safe space. We can we can say that. Um I watched I really watched and enjoyed the first like 
most of the first one and then I just got distracted. But I, I really like the stuff on like his early life and trying to break it and how he was like seen as a really talented producer, but not as a guy who could like, you know, rap basically. Um, I want to watch the rest of it because he has a very interesting storyline, I think. Yeah, I thought that trilogy was absolutely brilliant. Like, I thought that first one as well. Like, even like if if people don't like Kanye West, I would recommend that they watch that first one because, like, just as a study of someone like who had like real passion and a drive to achieve something, and kept on being told no, you couldn't do it, and yeah. then did it, and then like uh, that's just kind of repeated throughout his career, and then like especially when he made a transition to fashion as well, like people were just kind of like saying like, why are you bothering? Like, you know, like you know. Um, but then he like he has made it a significant mark like in that world as well like much more than people who were naysayers initially would have would have thought he would I would say like but I think then like that just kind of creates a, a kind of an, a real unfavorable environment for his mental health condition whereby yeah. like, you know when he's having like manic episodes by the looks of things like he is like a self um, you know he he's uh, declared himself that he has a bipolar diagnosis like. And he obviously has these manic episodes, but like oftentimes when people have manic episodes or they can experience like a messiah complex and yeah. really like delusions of grandeur and things like that. Like but he really like is regarded as like, you know, a genius by a lot of people and like has achieved massive things. Like, so I don't know, like it really just inflates his ego to an incredible level then where he just says whatever like is his he's thinking when he's having these manic episodes, which is like really obviously like not tethered to reality a lot of the time, but like no one really around him has the, has the power to, to do anything about it. And I think it's interesting then to compare his scenario to like Britney Spears, who was in a conservatorship for like however many years, like yeah. I don't think that's ever been mooted in Kanye's scenario. But like, I suppose another interesting thing was if he had been put in a conservatorship, like he's just in spite of his mental health, like he's now a billionaire. Like, <clears throat> so that's, that's, it, it's just a really, really interesting thing, but it, uh, or like um, situation he's in. Like, and I just don't really think anything can be done um, to, to to control him because, like, he's been so successful in spite of his mental health. Yeah, and, and you know, and I think it might have gotten worse in recent years. He's just he's almost a unique situation of someone with that much money who is that you know unwell, frankly. And it's going to be very weird to watch it evolve. It's like a you know cliche, but a train wreck. None of us can turn away from. Yeah, it really is. Uh, anyway, Kanye 2024. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. Thanks, man. Gus, what is up? Hey, um, so I wanted to offer some extreme uh, deep Twitter trivia here. Um, so you know this stuff about... Uh, Uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> well, the, the meltdown at, um, at Hobart magazine uh, you know minor but uh, influential in its own sphere um yeah time. just in case i'll just quickly run it down in case anyone listening doesn't know but this was um uh sorry i think there's a little bit of a delay this was a this was a um interview with a cuban-american writer alex perez right yeah um, that's right alex perez exactly and and, and he basically you know he just said some sort of he criticized. I haven't I haven't read it in full yet. We might we might do a segment on it. But he like criticized certain trends in literature, said politically incorrect things. Although it was like I don't know, it was like a Comedy Central thing by like a centrist center right comedian. It wasn't that offensive. And and the whole basically the whole magazine resigned except for the woman who runs it, who legally can't be ousted. Do I have the basic rundown right? 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, and so, yeah, it's centered around uh, this this guy Alex Perez. And so the so the deep Twitter trivia, and and maybe I'll pose it as a trivia question, is this: what <laughs> major what major Twitter personality who also has a podcast that's more popular than yours was part of the same cohort at the Iowa Writers Workshop as Alex Perez. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I'm stumped. Who is it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Seth Abramson. Um, they were there together. I, w- I was at, oh my God. Time as the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Seth Abramson and Alex Perez were there together. Yeah. So why hasn't Seth weighed in? You know what? Why the deafening silence? Uh, <laughs> from the Seth. Abramson, Definitely. Uh, I think the Russia, it has something to do with Russians. Yeah. 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 I think, uh, I exactly. Think that's probably it. Uh, <laughs> that's but, really yeah, funny. No, uh, no, no offense to Seth. He was actually, uh, at, at Iowa, he was a total mensch. He was just a great guy. Um, so, Anyway, um, that's that. Wanted to share that little bit of trivia. Thank you. I, I love that. I, uh, yeah, he once got mad at me. I did an article in the Boston Globe about, you know, how liberals have conspiracy mongers of their own and how he was one of them. He really, he really didn't like it. Uh, this was four or five years ago. Justin, what's up? Uh, hey, Jesse. Uh, happy Friday as well. Uh, hey. I don't have any cool journalism stories to share with you. Um, I'm here to talk to you about our Lord and Savior, Gamergate. Um, no, I'm kidding about that. Um, yes, actually, I want to finally ask some more Gamergate talk. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> uh, I'm sure you're fed up a bit. Um, so I wanted to ask about the CRT stuff uh, you mentioned earlier, actually, because um, I have the impression that there, there's a bunch of like kind of different things being said about this that are to varying degrees true and not true. Like, some of the laws overstep. Um, some of them don't do anything. Um, there seems to be an underlying yeah. acknowledgement that maybe something should be addressed and potentially through legislation or policy of some sort. Um, and I'm wondering where you stand on that front. If if there should be any 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 you know actual action by uh, by the government in to change the course on some of these teachers. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie DeBoer had a pretty good piece on this forever ago. I mean, I always compliment him, but I, I think there's like some teacher trainings and diversity trainings, mostly optional ones that are, are, are crazy. Like I think the whole Robin D'Angelo approach is really crazy and cult like, and I would never want a public employee to be subjected to that mandatorily. If a given dumb school board post to its local website here are other resources including robin d'angelo that's not something for the state legislators to to crack down on that's just a dumb school board if you don't like them replace them um i think there's like i think there's very little of this where i would want like the government to oh sorry god sorry you cut out for me you're thinking more what about the, the curricula and that's about um, things like those trainings, which I agree with. Oh, I, yeah, I just, I, I, no, sure, sure. Sorry. I should have been clear. I think that's part of the confusion here is sometimes people are mad about trainings and then they, they, they shorthand that as like CRT in schools. 
curriculum-wise, I don't think there's just I, – I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think conservatives have been able to come up with that many examples of like actual CRT in schools. And part of the reason I don't really trust conservatives on this is because for a very long time, some of them have been mad at – providing kids with like unflinching examinations of, of slavery. Like there's this deep strain of lost cause bullshit, especially in the South that in some cases has gotten into school. So look, if, if I can't even imagine the scenario, if there was like an AP history textbook that treated Derek Bell as gospel, rather than treating him as one thinker among others, expressing opinions. Sure. But like, how would, the, how would like, I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot. What 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 would a legislative language even look like to ban the bad stuff here? You know, it, it just depends on how you define the bad stuff. Yeah, um, I'm going to blame Chris Rufo like you do, but in the opposite direction. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's it's obviously partly my <laughs> fault. But when I think of CRT in this context, I think not of so something happened that was kind of funny like a year ago where people were saying. Um, oh, there's no CRT in schools. It's this obscure legal theory. And then it was, um, yeah, the stuff that's being taught in schools isn't technically T CRT. And then it was like, look, if there's going to be lessons in school, of course, it's going to be informed by CRT. Or well, and also, like if we can't CRT, we can't. It, the, this is bad face stuff from the left, but it's there's no CRT being in school, being taught in school. Also, if you ban CRT, we won't be able to teach anyone about racism. It just a lot of it didn't really make sense. C correct. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what, what I mean, because there's this distinction between like, you know, CRT is this academic thing. And then the, you know, the principles derived from it, things like saying, you know, you're having a math class and the and what you're adding up in and counting in this like third grade math class is you know um uh, white people who have done something terrible and uh and, and black people who are great or something like that. i know but like do, do you think something as as bad as that is, is like that hasn't happened or are there any examples of that well, I mean, like, yeah, sure, it's happened. Like, just think about all of the stuff where we were saying, hey, it's not really a problem. And then libs of TikTok exists, which is just flooded with, you know, teachers self-professing crazy stuff all the time. So I, I don't think I don't agree necessarily that this isn't happening. I think we can definitely question how much it is or isn't. Uh, I guess if, if you're of the position that it's not happening at all, then yeah, of course we don't need to. I, I, I think there's probably outlier. Look, there are crazy teachers. There are bad lessons here and there. I just think shine a spotlight on them. Get mad at the local school board if you want to get mad. Although try to get mad about like stuff they've actually done. There's school board meetings can be pretty deranged. Um, yeah, I would, I would just look, there's, I guess there's like hypothetically some law that I wouldn't be opposed to, but it would have to be written so narrowly and carefully because uh, like like we're saying a lot of the laws currently going on either do nothing or like in the case of florida are written so poorly they could have chilling effects so i think I'm, I'm a skeptic i would need like specific examples of exactly what's going on in curricula that parents are most worried about beyond libs of tiktok which you know it, it is crazy teachers on tiktok saying they're doing bad stuff but that's like if they're doing bad stuff, they should be investigated. If they're doing stuff that's against the law or against the curriculum, they should be investigated. But they're just if they're just being idiots or showing off, that doesn't mean, you know, stuff's getting taught. Um anyway, sorry, I'm 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 repeating myself, but I'm just skeptical unless someone can point me to like actual legislative language. Why is a, a libs of TikTok teacher professing what they're doing in a class not good enough in your case? Like to to say this is happening. Um 
Well, it, what do you mean by this? If by this you mean do individual dumb radical teachers do bad things where I think their principal should tell them not to do that, sure. Do I want to pass a law preventing them from doing it? No, not if it's not widespread. Okay, yeah. So you're saying you can't really extrapolate from that that it, there's a, a broader problem, right? Um, not enough of one, no, because libs of TikTok exist solely what whatever – if. The problem is 0.0001% of teachers. Maybe it's higher than that. Maybe not. Libs of TikTok exists to make sure we see those teachers' ridiculous TikToks. You know, um, and yeah, yeah. I just uh, it's it's a big deal to pass a law, and it's always going to have unintended consequences. So I'm a skeptic of of you know addressing things that way. Right. Okay. Um, one last thing on this, if if you're okay with it, I'm fine. If you want to move on. No, one more thing's fine. Uh, okay, yeah, it, it's it's the same subject. Um, so another thing that I think contributes to this is um, I think there's pretty good evidence that there have been curricula developed to show this. Like I've seen leaked ones where it's not just an individual teacher; it is coming from some source saying like, "Here's how we're going to talk about this." There was like, you know, BLM created stuff that was apparently being uh, taken up in certain school districts, and then there's also like. Um, schools of education where basically where teachers learn how to be teachers they're very crazy there was a good colette article on this forever ago right and i just am thinking wouldn't you expect that that is going to have an effect on teachers and that it's going to be a more widespread one and not just a crazy teacher here and there especially uh, the schools of ed. um no because like the average teacher is teaching is not a prestigious position like it should be a prestigious job, but it's not. And the average teacher is like a middle-class person who just wants to teach and has to fit in diversity stuff and parental complaints with like grading and attendance and every other issue. So I just, I think we probably have a skewed view of who teachers are now. Right. If the question is, do, do the sorts of teachers who go to fancy ed schools after completing their undergrad at Oberlin or Harvard probably have some wacky views. I'm sure they do. Cause like people who come out of top colleges tend to have much leftier views. Um, but I just, yeah, I just, I just think the average teacher is probably just trying to like, I, I think this is probably less widespread of a problem than the attention both sides are uh, paying to it would suggest, but I could be wrong about that. Yeah, no, that that's all fair, man. And, and thanks. It helps me calibrate my own views. Uh, have a good day, Jesse. Have it up, Justin. Uh, Jamile, what is up? Hey, Jesse, how are you this afternoon? I'm good. How are you? Um, I want to do a keep going a little bit on the uh, laws about teacher speech in school. Yep. There, there's an incentive for causality to sort of run the other way there because of a Supreme Court decision that says public school teachers aren't covered by the First Amendment when they're in school, and schools are the only place um, where it's really states and local... Hey, I, I'm getting... Are you having connect... I think you're having connection issues. You're just sort of fading out a lot for me. Um, I'll speak up a little. Um, can you hear me any better now? Yeah, let's just see if you, you were cutting out. Let's see if that happens, but go ahead. You're saying teachers don't have uh, – right, teachers do not have First I'll, Amendment I'll rights in the classroom. Um, yeah, I think what happened is a lot of these curriculum 
and laws get written like the curriculum will get written after the law is passed yeah because the only place you can have this fight is in a public school right you can't pass a law um that would let you do this anywhere else so once a once a culture war fight starts uh somebody comes up with a um way to get public school teachers to say it once a culture war get gets them a way to say what um i'm not making this pithy am i um but i think that if you look back and forward you see a repeating pattern where whatever we're going to fight about we pass laws banning or promoting it yep. in K to 12 schools because that's the only place you can pass that kind of law you mean restricting speech in theory because private businesses can do what they like and public employees everywhere else um are covered by a doctrine that makes sense right so you, in other words you're saying the passage of the law affects teacher behavior or just shines a spotlight on this stuff and causes causes the dispute in the classrooms or more like the dispute occurs in society yep um but you know you have to find teachers who want to argue about it or school boards who want to argue about it because that is the place where they can argue oh yeah i mean to go with one last observation about teachers sure um i mostly they're people who wanted a job where they could work for 30 years and come in every day and know that they would make a lot of money but would be able to afford a house yes. uh, it's it's sort of that it the deal is you are gear is you're very likely to guarantee you know a low risk low reward sort of uh job because you're because you're promising to do it every day. Yeah. And the thing that's the only the thing that is the defining event for teachers in this generation is charter schools are basically trying to take that away. You mean with like a more market-driven system. I used to drink with a lot of um band teachers and uh choir teachers at gay bars <laughs> and about 5 years ago the generation changed now they all have to spend 5 years at a charter school before they can go to a public school and that oh, interesting yeah and that takes that adds 5 years to the time before they can get a house yeah well i mean and there's it, a lot of other factors that are are the reason why it's harder to get a house as a young professional today than 30 years ago but it sounds like a very different trajectory definitely at least in education that's the big one yeah all right well thanks for your time thanks to you all right neil want to wrap us up so back to the intactivist thing i it i find that really interesting because there's like a division on the right where they'll go we want to ban child genital mutilation right and then they go oh no but but not you know not circumcision not that kind of child genital mutilation yeah. right and then some of these laws they have to like have carve out specifically for circumcision i think that that's just like really funny it's like this really like double think this like a uh, cognitive dissonance right i don't know what your thoughts on that were is there is there a meaningful distinction between like the kind of like uh 
gender affirming trans stuff versus just circumcision? Yeah, I think gender, uh, so-called gender affirming bottom surgery is incredible is extremely rare among minors in a way top surgery is not. So I, I think this is like a moral panic, but I mean, the obvious differences are circumcision doesn't lead to the same. Uh, yeah. Jesse can still have orgasms. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Jesse can still have orgasms in children, but yeah, bottom surgery in addition to having, so whatever you think about circumcision, and I'd say people, people should read Brian Earp because like, I think he's a thoughtful voice on this. Um, who's probably changed my thinking a little, you, unless something goes horrible, horribly wrong, you like do still have a functioning penis. Bottom surgery is just such a more serious thing. And has a much higher, I believe a much higher complication rate. Cause it's just not, we're not like that good at bottom surgery. There's like a lot of potential. It's like a serious fucking decision. Like it's a whole other level than hormones or top surgery. So, yeah, I think that's the difference. I do think there's a little bit of hypocrisy there because a lot of the same, you know, uh, the issues prevail. Like there's consent issues. The baby obviously cannot consent to that. And there's some other issues. So, yeah, I think it's an okay analogy. I just think they're obviously pretty different types of procedures. Yeah, those are those are good points. So yeah. do you think – is there is there like a like principled defense of circumcision you think? Because I don't – I never I don't, really I don't think that much I don't, about the I don't think there is. I think it's just like yeah. a cultural and religious blind spot we have. And then you'll read like sciencey sounding claims about like uh, cleanliness or disease. I, I, but I, I've like I've followed enough of these issues to know how it works. Like people have a strong moral impulse about something that gets like compounded through cultural transmission, and then after they feel that impulse, they build up a scientific story around it. I would be very shocked if there's like a good scientific case for for circumcision but it's just something no one wants to think about because it's icky and who wants it's like being anti-circumcision because some weirdos are that way it's like seen as the province of weirdos who wants to be the weirdo who's ranting about circumcision i mean it's a pretty principled position i don't know i think think so i'm I'm happy to i mean i'm saying there are it does attract some fringe people perhaps because it's such it's not something you're supposed to say in polite society but i think you can have a totally principled case against circumcision yeah Anyway, it was it was an interesting discussion. The person who brought up the intact stuff. Anyway, thanks, so. Have a good night. Have a good night, Neil. Have a good night, everyone else. As always, I would just ask you to tell other people about the show if you like it. Uh, yeah, hope to see some of you at the live events once again. Uh, I think that's it. Happy Friday, everyone. Have a good weekend.